Hello, you guys. Welcome to episode number, I think this is 14 or is it 15? It is 14. <laughs> 14 of Slow Guy with Ash and Jazz. This is Ash. And this. Hopefully, by now, you guys have kind of, kind of, kind of gotten used to our voices at this point. But if not, we always like to shout out our name just in case you're brand new to this episode. Yeah, definitely for sure. And, uh, about today. What? Oh, yeah, we're post-retrograde now. But I will tell you, like, today it was funny because I realized that Bitmoji started putting out little Bitmojis with the Mercury retrograde, like, warning. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I tweeted that to you, and it's like, what? Now they're going to make that little Bitmoji for the freaking retrograde? Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, they're capitalizing on this retrograde thing. It's but you know what was funny? And I'm not blaming retrograde, otherwise I'll play Shaggy. But <laughs> today, I broke a bowl. No, I'll, show you a pic- I'll take a picture and tweet it to you. I broke a bowl. Okay. I broke a bowl, and I spilled coffee all over my white rug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm not usually a clumsy type of person, but today I was like, well, frock. I, I spilled the coffee all over the white rug, and then I broke a bowl. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I got a full, like, six hours last night, so it's not sleeping or anything. It was just, like, I don't know, butterfingers. I don't know what was going on. Retrograde. It's not retrograde's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's just funny, though. It's just comical. So today, we actually had a really, really lit, like, solid conversation. Uh, was that Thursday night, Jess? It was Wednesday at the, like, post Oh, it was our post-show. See, you guys probably want to hear our post-show, like, chats, because that's when the real stuff comes out. Yeah, <laughs> So we sure. have, like, our, I don't even know, like, that, that night, because sometimes, usually when we get off this call or not call, we're on their phones because we're using Anchor as our recording device, but um, after we record these, we usually have, like, I don't know, like a 20 to 30 minute, like, post-call, like, post-podcast recording review session where we just kind of, like, go over, oh, how did it go, and then we kind of do our, we each do our own part in, like, Jazz makes a little paragraph about the show, I get the recording, I pick the song for the episode, and then I get everything ready to go in Anchor, and then Jazz makes up a pretty little image, and then we all post it everywhere, all over social, and we usually have these little conversations post-show, like I said, but Wednesday, like, sometimes it just goes and goes, like, Wednesday we talked for, like, probably over an hour, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was an hour and 30 minutes, to be honest. Yeah, we, we went along. <laughs> but that's, like, a normal conversation anyway between the both of us. Oh, I know. Like, it's totally normal. Like, it's not, like, out of the norm that we talk for that long. Yeah, it was an hour and 30 minutes. I just went to my call log. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's informative stuff. It's, like, we're not talking about the random fluff. No. Like... I mean, you guys know, like, how we are in this podcast. This is how we are with each other. Regardless, we blend, like, our random humor along yeah. with all the, like, deeper kind of things that we tend to talk about but anyways that was just like a side note because it's going to kind of segue us into what we're going to talk about today which is kind of like coaching and the coaching industry and also kind of segueing a little bit into 
what Jazz and I have talked a little bit about with Brian, but we want to talk about it a little bit more, and that's kind of the the current nature of copy pasting in DMs along with what else is there with the DMs to say? Um, the follow unfollow method. Yeah, the um the whole marketing dynamic of social media in regards to how to get clients and how to get a lot of followers and do all these crazy things in the name of profit, pretty much. Because that's what it, it basically comes down to is a business. And with business comes marketing, and with marketing comes profit. And the but conversation... It's not always it's not always profit-bringing, though. Yeah, it's not always profit-bringing, but I would imagine that would be, like, the end goal, per se. Because, I mean, as much time and effort you're putting out, I'm pretty sure the average person is going to want something in return. Well, and, I mean, they're and... all about the Benjamins. Like, that's all they really care about. And a lot of these coaches yeah. or people out there are mainly looking for the dollar dollar bills i guess yeah for sure whether that's like a uh, what do you call those what do you call those like people that come at you and they're like oh i think you'd be a great fit for my lifestyle brand or oh i think you'd be a super match for this um beauty company like they call them brand ambassadors brand ambassadors but then on top of that it's also those like uh shady things i I mean i don't i mean who fucking cares i'm just gonna call them shady because i think they're shady like influencers? The, um, not in, no, 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 not influencers. <laughs> I think, uh, what do you call those things? Like Mary K, the Mary K's and Avon's and. Oh, um, oh marketing, the multi level marketing. MLMs. I, yeah. I, just, I think that MLMs are shady and uh, they usually tend to do, and I don't want to say like everybody does it, but I think a lot of them yeah. tend to do the whole thing that we just mentioned, which is copy paste, and they don't really take the time out to check out your feed and actually get to see if it would be a good fit. Cause they're just kind of looking to, to get more people in their funnel or as customers or on their team. Cause then I'm assuming then that would help them and grow them. Yeah. And, and that's a little bit, and then that's when it gets a little tricky for someone like myself who is genuinely interested in sharing information and getting it across the board. And I'm, I would like a lot more people, um, not necessarily to add to my followers list, but I would like a lot more ears or eyes to tune in or, or read in into the information that I'm sharing. And it can be very counterproductive when you've got someone else out there who's similarly doing the same thing, except now, um, you know, it, it's, it's segueing more into the idea of... Um, you know, stacking up my revenue as opposed to for someone like myself who genuinely really enjoys teaching and sharing knowledge and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, so it's it, it it's it's very shady. And, and on some level, especially the the MLMs, they're very cult like. <laughs> yeah and I think that even I don't know if you've ever experienced that I, I guess I feel that and I also feel like sometimes that even happens in like different coaching communities like it's also yeah. like MLMs but then it also can kind of take place in different like sisterhoods or communities because it all kind of has a similar notion in the sense that it's like gathering a group of people and it's not to say that they're all bad or it's all cult like or I'm against, like, everything about it. I'm all for, like, what would you classify it as, like, personal development or making your revenue stream or whatever it is. But yeah, it's also, like, you have to be really, really weary and 
cautious and trusting your intuition as opposed to uh, like buying into the sales conversation, buying into the like the way that they go about it to make you feel like you're wanted or needed or you have something to offer, you have something to share, which yes, you do. But then it's like feeding, mm-hmm. feeling into those words when they tell you or when they email you or when they DM you, like really pay attention to what's coming out of their mouth. And is, does it feel like a copy paste thing? And I think we can all tell when it feels like a copy paste thing. Right. Now, if I remember correctly, when we first met, I think you were in that line of coaching and stuff like that. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was that I signed up for or (laughs) (laughs) what. That sounds so funny, but I can't remember, like, what type of coaching, I want to say, what type of um, thing we were talking about. I do remember that we connected because we're both light workers in a sense, and we're both empaths. And so I felt like, you know, this is somebody that I can relate to because of things that you were probably going through with something very similar to going through and you know maybe we could break it down and see where we go and I remember that we connected because at first you had a free consultation I want to say and we did a whole like conference talk between you and I and pretty much got to know each other on on that level and um I don't know if you're are you comfortable sharing with the you were actually for yourself as you know as a coach uh, well, to be honest, I've done everything under the sun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I've, I've definitely like dabbled in a variety of different things. I, I went to, uh, get my health coaching certification just because I, at one point that really spoke to me. And I think we've had private conversations where it's like, yeah, I told you that I've always been interested in like wellness and health and kind of quote unquote, getting in shape and learning more about our bodies and what we're ingesting but that really didn't pan out (laughs) I mean I'm not really I'm not really doing any health coaching I'm not really practicing it and then after that I mean it's just like a slew of shit 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 after shit (laughs) (laughs) but it was just because it was like the environment I was in was so like hyped up on all this like I don't even know what to classify it as like coaching and life coaching and I mean I started out as a health coach didn't go anywhere. And I'll tell you why it didn't go anywhere. It's because it was never natural to me. I always felt like I, what's the phrase? Like, I know we shared this on our call. It's like, I always felt like, not, not, not like a hypocrite. What's the phrase I'm looking for? Like, it just, it didn't feel natural to who I am because right. I have a hard time. Like, I knew it was wrong. <laughs> That's yeah. what's so messed up. It's like, I knew, like, deep within, I knew it was full of shit, and I knew it was bullshit, and I knew it was wrong, but then I got so swayed, not not by the lifestyle necessarily, but I was so swayed by the, I guess, like, the possibility of making money from X, Y, or Z, whatever it was at the time. And at the time, I was working at a law firm, and it was kind of one of those scenarios where... I wanted to find a way to, I guess, have freedom in some sense. So with all that being said, I kind of got into this whole community after doing Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I think that was back in like 23, 24. And from there, it was like I did that. Then I got funneled into a mastermind. And that was like one of those sisterhoods. And that was like, I don't even know how long that was. It was my first experience with one of those. And then from there, it was like, I kind of spiraled into 
more of what your life coach as opposed to just a health coach. And then I was a life coach and I tried that on for size. And then I went from life coaching to more of what I had actual skills in, which was marketing and helping people with like emails and helping people with social media, helping people with copy, helping people make sales pages or back in the day, they they called them squeeze pages Mm -hmm. along with like building websites and branding and all that kind of stuff that goes in the package of that area because I taught myself how to make websites and I also had the background from just all these different years of teaching myself and kind of just being curious about how things work because I was I remember MySpace I remember Live Journal and so that was really the first thing that I actually saw real money money from because like I said the coaching it just never worked. Like I can look back at it now and see why it didn't work because I kept on pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to do what my coaches were telling me or do what everyone else around me was doing because I was so in that group. I was so in that community of coaching and sisterhood and all that stuff from like 22, 23, all the way up until gosh, like 30, um, actually trying to do that kind of shit. Right. And it just, it never worked out. And I'm sure that for some people it works out perfectly and you can make money. I don't like it. I don't vibe with it just because I have a problem like with the way that they do it. And again, that's not to say that everybody does it the same way where it's like go after people's pain points and like go after all that. We, we can talk a little bit more about that. I don't want to take up this whole conversation, but for me, looking at it with hindsight, did I learn? Yes. I learned that that was never meant to be my path. It was never meant to be my long-term like vision or my long-term friendship circle or coaching just never worked out for me because it always felt icky. It always felt wrong. And I just never felt right taking people's money or having people tell me, Oh, you need to charge like X amount of dollars every month for two phone calls with you. Like that's just not something that I go by. So that was why it never worked. And like I said, I didn't start to actually see money come in until I went towards being an online business manager and doing everything that I just kind of mentioned, which was more marketing, social media, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that was when I actually started making money. And then also after that, I still was in like different coaching. Like I still had a coach at one point and that was kind of my most recent experience, like probably a year, year or two, two years ago. And now I'm kind of at that point in my own personal journey where it's like, I don't need anything. (laughs) I don't need to be wasting money frivolously on that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that people don't need it because I definitely learned And I saw so much come from that. But for me right now, it's just like I'm kind of over all that shit. And I'm kind of glad to be out of that world. Yeah, absolutely. And my next question is, now, say the average average person goes on Instagram and they, they, you know, they're in astonishment at other lifestyle and health coaches and stuff like that. And they see how their pages are presented, their profiles look, and, you know, they're almost, like, inquiring, like, how do I have that lifestyle? What would you suggest to somebody who's coming in brand new that's interested in this particular line of work? 
I mean, you're basing it off of just what you're seeing on Instagram. So it's like you can't, you have no clear indication if that's actually real or fake. Because as we know, everything you see on Insta or everything that you see online, like whether it's Facebook or wherever you hang out, you never know. Because it's like, of course, when you go on the Insta feed, everyone's going to make everything look perfect. Everything's going to look all like polished and amazing. So mm-hmm. I say, like, if you start seeing some of that stuff, like the best option is to like, one, really think to yourself, and this might be hard because if you're like 18 or whatever, it's like you might not know and fuck, like I still don't even know what my long-term vision is, but it's like really kind of check in with yourself and be like, okay, why am I attracted to this? Like, why am I feeling some type of itch or some gravitational pull towards these things? What is it that's missing in my life? Or what do I, what do I want to gain from obtaining this like possible lifestyle, whether that's like just the lifestyle that you see like with people with money or whatever it is that you're looking at like it depends on if it's like a beach or like a good body or like there's so many different things that you're going to see on insta connected to coaching or connected to lifestyle brands so i say it's really important to like kind of just have an honest like an honest conversation with yourself and see why am i why am i interested in this yep absolutely And then also, like, after you kind of have that initial check-in with yourself, that if you still find yourself constantly drawn to someone or if you're still, like, constantly, like, really just intrigued or interested, the worst you can, like, who cares? Like, reach out, send them an email, and just, like, see what it's all about because there's so much more that's behind the scenes. So it's like you can look at the pretty image, but then if you're looking to become a coach or if you're looking to hire a coach or get into health or wellness or whatever it is, reach out to the person and find out, like do your own research, do your own like checking, like beyond just like feeling into the person, which I'm a big believer in, but like actually have a conversation with that person or even just email. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Which actually brings me to um, my next part of the whole uh, episode is from a customer's or a client's or a patient's perspective. Um, I have some key questions you might want to ask if you come across somebody that might be useful to you as a coach, whether that's in health, lifestyle, or just a motivational uh, coach. So the first question you always want to ask, and this is what Ash had just brought up, is um, what kind of training and experience do you have? So, always I think it's always best to approach the, uh, you know, approach the question and kind of like probe and see and kind of do a little, uh, I don't want to say stalking, but like kind of like creep work where you're you're trying to figure out, yeah, what is it exactly? And also, and also like even beyond credentials, because I feel like nowadays it's like you don't necessarily have a credential behind your name but it's more about like you said the experience and I think Christine mentioned this how it's like whatever the work is like did they actually already achieve x y or z like making sure that they actually have have like a thriving health coaching practice or they actually have clients or also checking in and talking to people that have worked with them because I mean the sad truth the sad truth here is that a lot of people can get fake testimonials. Oh, yeah. So don't, don't always go by what the website shows you because 
that can be easily misconstrued. That can be easily like gotten. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So don't always trust just like surface face. Like, okay. They have like five blowing reviews or even like Yelp. Like a lot of times when you go on Yelp, it's a lot of like mad negative reviews because a lot of times the more negative people are going to make their comments. Whereas like people that are pleased might not get as much like, attention on you yeah and to add to that also and i want to clue everybody into this but i'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard of the website upwork and upwork is a great website to uh especially for freelance writers who are looking to get work and stuff like that and it's also a great marketing um type of uh, job outlet for freelancers who are willing to do anything for a business that you know may require some type of creative work And one of the things that they have on there are job postings on people who can create testimonials and businesses will pay for that. Um, Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like I said, you know, don't go by necessary testimonials. I think um, the best option is to see to see if the actual coach is willing to extend a client's information, a trusted client information who actually agree to sharing their testimonial to you personally if that if, if you're able if you're capable of doing that um because then that yeah because to... i mean now it nowadays too there can always be a lot of like fangirling going on yeah or it's like they have like their certain posse and even within like i don't know with like coaches that you always see that too how like i don't know certain people are always like mentioning the same thing and it's like of course you're going to support your friends right. but it's also, I, I just feel like it's so much, and this is me with hindsight and me like growing and just learning how to really trust my own intuition. But it's, it's a lot of it. It's just like checking in with how you feel. Like if you have that conversation or even like if you look at that image, like really feel into it. Because I can honestly say, Jazz, that like every single circumstance or every single situation that I ever like got into, whether that was like some random like, random like client that I took on or some random like coach that I worked with like most of the times like I want to say like 99% of those times mm-hmm. if I had a red flag like it usually always turned out like I went through it because I had to learn and I had to grow and I had to experience the the moments of like really learning like oh, yeah. my intuition my intuition knew but it's so funny how you look back and you're like, yeah, if I listened to my intuition, I wouldn't have gotten into that situation. Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, definitely. Intuition plays a really big part. And um... and I and I want to say, too, now that we're, like, saying, talking about this, too, I think that a lot of times, because, like, you and I are not only empaths, we're highly sensitive, and we're also, at least for me, mm-hmm. I'm a pretty friendly person. Like, if I'm on the street, so it's easy to make me talk to you yeah. because I'm not, I'm nice. You're approachable. I tend to look, I'm approachable and I've been told that before and I look nice and I look young. So all those things kind of play into people kind of just feeling like they can come up to me and start talking and start doing sales pitches, which is your, like everyone's welcome to sales pitch away and do what they have to. But I've had that experience where it's like, people tend to want to come up to you and be like, Oh, let me like try to make a comment. And there was this one instance where I remember I was walking in the street and 
I was wearing like some like pink winter coat and this like Mary Kay lady hopped on me and she's like, oh, I love your coat. <laughs> it's like, I didn't know that she was like a Mary Kay salesperson, but she like started like talking to me and I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Like I got it on clearance, like at TJ Maxx or whatever. And we got into this conversation just because that's how I am. Yeah. It's like, she's like, oh, I'm having this wonderful makeup party. I bet you like makeup. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't even know like what was going on, but it's like sometimes when you're like so friendly and nice and then it's it's even more necessary to really feel into the situation at hand because you have to be cautious of like, okay, I want to be nice, mm-hmm. but then also knowing like, okay, are they really being genuine? Because a lot of times people can be ingenuine. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Especially there's some type of, I don't want to say like. Well, it's like a catch. Like there's a catch to it. Like, okay. Really? Yeah, it's like not a real, like, it's a hidden agenda. Exactly. Because it's not like, it's not like it's an even legit connection. Like, do you know like what to say? And that's just, I get it. Like that's being a good salesperson. But it's also like, it just feels so inauthentic and that kind of that kind of feeling is the same kind of feeling that you get when you get those like, like not scamming. Well, yeah, they are scammy. Those DMS where it's like, Oh, I think you'd be a great brand ambassador. And they don't even take the time to really check out your feed or check out what you're all about, or even have like a basic starting point of conversation. Like it just goes, it goes straight to that sale and it goes straight to, and even if they just fluff it up with like one little line, Mm -hmm. it's like, think about, think about friends, think about, a partner think about relationships like it doesn't happen like you can't just hop up to someone and start like making out with someone yeah, you, have to, you have to start building up the relationship unless, unless like, you're drunk and it's like 3 a.m or something <laughs> <laughs> and then at that point, yeah. you have to really question your life like what are you doing with your life <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but it's like it does take time so it's like same thing goes when you're gonna and also just like I said it just goes into the feeling like if you and now I'm it's easier for me to feel into it because I've grown but it's easy to like kind of sniff out like okay is this a genuine or this is an ingenuine and it's not like don't be don't be friendly like I'm not gonna stop being approachable I can't change that about myself like I can't just have like I can't put on like a permanent scowl and then it's like back off (laughs) but it's like you also have to be like open but then also know when to kind of shut it down or know when it's like okay this feels really really ingenuine yeah for sure so the name of the game is open and cautious (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so the second question is that you want to ask the potential coaches what approach do they take when coaching people now when it comes to health um, especially. It's no surprise that as human beings, we are very complex. We have physical well-being, mental levels, emotional junk we're dealing with, and spiritual vibes to deal with. So your health coach um, should be of all these areas of your well-being. A lot of coaches may be trained in just one thing only. That could just be, they might be just trained in nutrition, spiritual guidance, uh, work consul- uh, consultation, time management, or just personal training. So not all coaches are, you know, going to be trained or equipped to deal with those different aspects. Um, in fact, it's very rare if you can get all of them holistically. So don't expect the unicorn coach in that sense. 
as I like to put it. Exactly. So a great coach should be able to refer you to another reputable coach who is able to assist you in that respectable area. Because it's just like your typical like Western medicine like physician or dentist. It's like, okay, if you have to have a specific type of surgery and they don't specialize in that, they can find and point you to a different doctor. Exactly. Or a different or a different dentist or whatever it is. Yeah. So it yeah, it's definitely like the healthcare field, which I have like eighteen plus years of experience where, you know, it's just like you you just go see a physician and the physician they may not be specialized in that particular area. Say for instance you got kidney problems and your back your lower back is hurting you. Chances are they're going to refer you to what's called a specialist. And the specialist is in this particular case would probably be a nephrologist who deals with, you know, kidney disorders and issues of that sort. So a good practitioner, a good health coach, a good coach in general is going to have a very good circle of friends or, uh, you know, professionals who deal with that specific area. So, yeah. Um, So the third question is, what tools do you use to help me overcome the obstacles? Um, So a lot of times when we become stuck, it's because we exhausted every possible changes. You know, think about it. You go to a bookstore to buy the best health, self-health book or a nutritional book or a metaphysical book um, or you'll watch a YouTube video to fish out some type of solution only get flustered because you can't find the answer um, that works. Um, That's when typically a coach should be able to step in to kind of like, you know, weave out the fluff and figure out what's really going on. Um, They should be able to sit down with you as a client um, and dive into the matter no matter how difficult it may be or may appear to you. They should be able to have uh, the training and the tools to work with you in a very safe, free of judgment, healing environment. What do you think of that, Ash? Yeah, I mean, I just, I feel at this point, like, I just, I don't, I mean, I just, I don't want to come at this conversation, like, salty or, like, bitter against <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if it's bitter. It's more like I went through it and I learned so, so much, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I just don't buy into it anymore. Yeah. Like I just, I think it's all a crock of shit. And again, I don't want to sound like real negative about any of this, but it's just like, to me, like if you have something going on, like, okay, let's think of all the different possible types of coaches or scenarios. Like nowadays there's a, freaking coach for everything yep. like you have your you have your life coaches you have your health coaches you motivational have your, coaches like motivational which is a crock yeah of you have your you have your energy you have your spiritual guidance you have like i don't know a lot of those are just like to me you can always turn to a friend or a family member for a lot of those issues now the coaches that i've invested mm-hmm. in a lot of them were not really what I needed I mean at the time it was what I needed and like I said I learned so so much from that because it's like you think that you're gonna gain all these friends and like you're gonna like whatever the thing was that you were hoping to get but a lot of it you learn on your own and obviously as I said now at this point in my life it's like I finally hit that place where I'm like Mm -hmm. I don't want to I don't want to spend another dime towards all this bullshit because it's like 
do I ever get anything out of it? Of course I got stuff. That's not the reason. It's more just like, I know that I have everything I need in, in myself. And it's just like this constant, like, what do you really want to gain from it? And also, do you actually want to spend that money? Yeah. And I think that's where it, it kind of comes up. Like, I'm thinking of everything I've done and everything I've tried and everything I've like spent, like, throwing money out the door. And, I mean, the one, like, that was really beneficial, I did work with a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. And it was more so, like, business, like, figuring out my business money when I was, like, doing a lot for different, like, I was running different people's businesses, like social media and marketing and everything that I mentioned. That was like the actual time that I made real income. Um, And that was really helpful because it helped me to kind of get down my debt and like really look at my numbers. And that was probably the only one that I really, really like think was beneficial. And that was more of like a financial advisor. And obviously you have outside of financial advisors, I'm all for like hiring and getting the right people to support you. Like if you don't know how to, if you don't want to spend your precious time, like if you're not looking to learn how to build a website, if you don't want to spend time looking how to like make graphic design or all these different things that kind of come up when you're going to be a coach or start a business or whatever it is that you're looking to do, or even if you just want to like do something on the side, then hiring for that purpose is a little different but to me I just I'm at that point now where I'm like it's interesting to see it from an outside it's it's interesting to have come from being so in that world right and seeing how seeing like the the seedy underbelly yeah and then coming out and be like what the fuck did I like why was I in that and like I said at the very top of this Mm -hmm. It was just for me personally. Like, I'm sure other people, like, they love it and they get so much and they make money from it and they're doing what's best for them. But for me, it just, it never jived. And I think it's because, like, I knew, even in the moment, like, I didn't know on, like, a deep soul level, but I always knew it was bullshit. Okay, so let me ask you a question. So what prompted you like, do you remember the day that you actually woke up and said to yourself, man, this is, this is bullshit. I don't want to keep doing this. You know, I just, it's weird because I had that moment so many times, but for whatever reason, I kept on holding on mm-hmm. and thinking like, no, like I would go back and forth in my mind, like no, no, these people care about you or this is going to lead to your long-term purpose or your long-term, like, you're going to make whatever from this, like, experience or it's going to help to heal you or to help guide you or to help learn how to do X, Y, or Z. But again, I'm the type of person that I do things on my own. Like, I'd rather learn on my own. And even, like, when I said I learned how to do... uh, proposals and like doing social media and building websites and all the stuff that I actually did make money off of and for me like that didn't feel scammy but it's hard to tell you exactly when it happened I think it was just like after being in it from 24 like 23 24 because I remember and at the time like when you're 23 24 at least for me I was really really naive Mm -hmm. Like, I had never, ever heard of this kind of like, world. Like, the first time I ever heard of a life coach was on 
Gilmore Girls back in like when when did that show come on? Like high school, middle yeah. school, like whenever that was. I think it was high school. And that was like back when like that wasn't even like a norm. And I know we talked about yoga and meditation, how a lot of these things were not really pop culture, but now it's so pop culture and it's like it's just all over the yeah. place. So when I first got into it, and like I said, like at the time I was doing marketing at a law firm because I got my undergrad in communications and that was like a natural like next step because that's what society tells you and that was before like nowadays like entrepreneurship and starting businesses is all over on your Instagram but again you have to decipher into that and like I did have knowledge because my grandfather was a quote-unquote entrepreneur or even though he didn't really like back then he didn't call himself that like he owned his own business after coming to America it's like there was so much like that I knew about it but it just wasn't the terminology wasn't used and that was totally different than the coaching industry but when I first got into Institute Institute for Integrated Nutrition it was something that was like I felt really excited for it because I wanted to learn it was like kind of in a weird way like going to school again and it gave me something to focus my attention on like find something to like spend time like really digesting and getting into because at the time I was in a shitty relationship with a guy with a guy that was cheating on me and I was in like a job that I didn't love and I'm just like is this all that there is because it was right after because I got into that relationship and like that was right after that little like blip of time after I moved into my first apartment and I just went hog fucking wild that that was when I like was going to clubs every night. That was when I was the lowest weight I've ever been. Like, I don't want to say that I had an eating disorder, but I struggled and I was like really, really in a bad shape. I was in a bad place. And I think it was just like, after all that, like, and I was going to happy hour every night after the working day. And then it was like, I was going to clubs every single weekend. And like, I saw like a lot like drugs and like different things and like a lot of things that I had never even touched in college let alone like actually like done that every single weekend and then after that Mm -hmm. I got into my relationship and I apologize guys because this show is just like getting all into my shit no it's okay go ahead hopefully hopefully it's all interesting but yes I mean that was like right when I found Institute for Integrative Nutrition I was like really looking for something bigger than what was happening and what was I was crumbling in a sense because I was in, like I said, I was in a bad relationship and I was holding on because the guy was like what I knew. And at 23, I thought I'm in love yeah, of course. and like, I didn't know what to do without him in a sense, because I was experiencing, like looking back, I was experiencing a lot of codependency and he was like my everything at the time. And then I had this job that I just wasn't crazy about. And I'm like, okay health coaching. I don't really know what a coach does or what that means, but I'm really incurious about like health and eating and learning how to like, do everything in terms of like getting in shape. And I, I've always been all about helping people. Like I've always wanted to serve other people and I've always been like that type of person. So I'm like, well, this, this kind of feels like a good fit. So that's why I first got into it. And like at first glance, I'm like, oh, this will just be like a nice little thing that I can spend my time on when the boyfriend doesn't want to hang out or when I have like when I'm not at work. And it's like something else besides just going to clubs and all this shit. But from there, like then I started getting to know people. I did make friends, 
I mean, I don't really talk to any of those people now because that was like, what, what, 23, I'm 33 now. That was, fuck, that was 10 years yeah. ago. And so, I mean, I, it, it served its purpose. Like I said, I'm not a practicing health coach. I didn't really make money from doing that because I just knew it didn't feel natural. Correct. Even though I was into the research end of it and learning more about all those different alternative medicines. And then from there, like I said, I met people and then I started seeing different coaches. And that was back when we actually had like telecalls and like these teleclasses and learning about like, oh, people hop on these calls and they give you knowledge and all this shit. And then after the knowledge comes, I don't want to say shit. It's not all shit, but it's like, yeah, they share their knowledge. And then it's like it leads up to the the end call where it's like, okay, you can hop on a consultation with me. And that was kind of what we were learning, it was like, okay, you do a health coaching consultation and you kind of do a feedback form where it's like, okay, what's this person? Like, are they trying to lose weight? Are they trying to learn something different? Like what's going on with their body? But then it kind of segued off in a whole different arena. And that's how I got into the, the first ever mastermind that I ever invested in. And at the time it was just like, I wanted something. Yeah. And in a weird way, like, this is actually helpful because this is actually helping me, like, bring everything everything together. And I guess it's fitting since we're kind of in that retrograde or we just had that moon or eclipse. So it's like, yeah, it's, like, good to look back and see, okay, this is where I was. This is where I'm at. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like I got into that mastermind. Like, I hate that terminology, but it was like a mastermind, a group of women, and it was like a coach and then you got to go on a trip and it was like that whole typical like beach lifestyle or all that like back in 2012. And it was just like, yeah, it was just a group of women and it was just like talking about your life and thinking about how you could grow your coaching business and all that stuff. And it was expensive as hell. Oh, but sure. I got on, the, I got on that call. And it was just like, I knew that I was just looking for something because I was in that shitty relationship. Uh, I didn't really, I didn't really know what was happening in the sense of like, I was 23, 24, 25 at the time. And it was like, yeah, I just, I didn't know what was really next. I didn't know what to grab onto because my relationship was at a downfall and I was in a crappy job. And it was just like, yeah, that's kind of why I got into the first mastermind. And then you, you just become so engrossed in that world. And like I said, even though a deep, deep part of me, knew on some level that it was just like a lot of bullshit right and it's like I still kept going because I just got so used to it that sounds like so stupid to say oh you get used to it but it's like when you're in that world you get so caught up in it because it's like it's all in Facebook it's all a part of your like dynamic that was when I was on Facebook like 24 7 and that was when that was before Instagram even started popping. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just, it's crazy to me to think how it all transformed or how it all kind of came about. And it's very cathartic. Yeah. And then from there, I mean, that's kind of when I, I got my first like professional website. And I think that's a crock of shit too. Cause it's like, you don't need to have a, a flashy website. You don't need to have like a photo shoot done. I think there's so much like, attention or pressure put on the wrong things in the sense of like why don't you start making money before you make all this like professional shit come to life because it's just like yeah you can make a front and then it makes other people feel like oh 
I have to have it that way. And it's like, yeah, it was just silly at the time, at the, at the time or looking back, it's like, it's so silly to think that I was so in that, but like I said, I had to go through it to learn. And I mean, from there, like, I just kind of kept going through that cycle until when was that? When did I go to New York? Yeah, I got into my, um, I moved out and then from there. Was it 2013? 2013, I think that's when it was. You know what's so funny too, Jazz, is I actually just saw a Facebook memory. I have to bring up this photo now because it actually told me, it was like, this is crazy because it was like the post that I wrote on July 30th, 2012. I have this whole post of everything that I'm selling because I was selling my life to go to New York. My loss, your gain. For under 500 bucks, you get a fully furnished apartment. And I list out everything that I owned and I sold it all. And it all like, yeah, I I, uh, sold all my shit. I have this photo from July 30th. And then I got a one-way ticket and I went and stayed at my friend's, like a friend from one of the masterminds. I stayed at her apartment in New Jersey. Oh, wow. And I stayed in New Jersey for, and there's a lot that happened in between all oh, that. Yeah, sure, there, is. there has to be. Um, from like, yeah, from 2013 and backwards. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that was kind of my demise in the sense of like, I went to New York because I was so in love. Like I just, I wanted to be there and I still love New York. It's like where I want to be. Yeah. But it's like, you don't just like, well, and it's like, yeah, you don't just like buy a one way ticket and sell all your belongings and then go there with like a thousand dollars to your name. Yeah, it's not realistic. It's really not. <laughs> and, and I don't suggest that to anyone unless, I mean, unless they have that drive and they're just blessed <laughs> with that opportunity, that golden opportunity. But then, then here's the next part. So after, like, I did all that, and I was, like, yeah, I was not, like, afraid of risk-taking. I was, like, all for it. Like, I'm, like, let's do this. I'm going to make it work. Like, I sold everything and got more money, and I had my two suitcases. I had my whole life, like, how many years of life in two suitcases? And I went there, and then, like I said, I was staying at a friend's place in New Jersey, and my money, like, I was trying to be really, really cautious, and then I was going to end up living or subletting a room from this girl in hell's kitchen yeah and i actually done an event i got to new york and i put on an event the same day or some some crazy shit like that like i made this whole thing at like some local coffee shop <laughs> and got all these people to come it was like a real a cool event and then it was like she was saying that she was subletting in a room and i gave her forgot how much it was like I think it was a thousand dollars and I wrote her a check and then red flag creeped in oh shit because after that event like just a lot of different things started showing themselves to me like the way she was interacting with me the way she was like not really um giving too much like thanks and it wasn't like I was looking for thanks but when you put on a whole event like just a variety of different things the way she was interacting with different people at the party like I all of a sudden got a red flag feeling and something, something told me like, don't, don't move in with her. Don't do this. Like just stay in New Jersey and figure it out. Yeah. And then of course, like 
I I thought that I felt that, but it was too late. The the girl cashed the check, and then she blocked me on Facebook. Wow. And she never like I never saw that money again. So it was like a life lesson to learn. Like I had to go through that, but yeah. And I had a lot of friends. Like I had a good friend of mine at the time that was like, "Yeah, that's crazy, and that's not <laughs> that's not what you should do." And it was just like the things that were coming out of her mouth. And she's like, "Well." this is New York, like, you can't expect that people are just going to be nice to you, and just because you're nice, like, you can't expect that people are going to do that back, and just a lot of crazy things that came out of the girl's mouth, but long story short, that's kind of how, I think that's kind of closer to when we met, because that was when I was literally broke, like, I didn't have a dime to my name, and I was in New Jersey, and there was really no way for me to even get to Manhattan, to get on a bus to even like get into Port Authority to even find a job. And then the place that I was staying in New Jersey, there wasn't a lot of stores. Like there was a liquor store and like a couple like little restaurants, but it wasn't like a real hop in area. Yeah. And of course I didn't, I didn't have a car and I didn't have money to take a cab or a bus anywhere. So that was really the point in my journey where everything kind of really like I was crying every night. I could barely feed myself and, I just, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. And that was really when I started to kind of start doing more of the things, like I said, where it was like, okay, I can start doing more virtual assistant work. I can do more like graphic design, copy editing, like all these different things that I know how to do. And I started doing that. And then people actually, like, I was able to get enough money to make the adult executive decision of just getting a one-way ticket back to Chicago because I knew that I would never be able to find a job without having money. And then like, I obviously had to get out of the girl's place because she was subletting to me, the girl that let me stay at her place in New Jersey. And like I said, somehow I got enough money to come back to Chicago on a one-way ticket, moved into my last apartment sight unseen, found it on Craigslist, signed the lease the same day I flew back. Oh, wow. And moved in with like two suitcases with only two suitcases to my name, and I slept on cardboard boxes until I could afford a yoga mat. Until oh, so you upgraded to now your bed. <laughs> oh yeah, now I actually have a bed, and it's like, yeah, I slept on the cardboard boxes or I slept on the um, yoga mat like as I grew. And th- at that time, that was when I was doing a lot of the online business management and I was doing virtual assistant work. I was basically doing whatever the fuck I could. And then I took on like a part-time job doing email marketing for a golf club organization, which is really random. Yeah, really random. And that was like, I don't know, four hours a day where I just do their email marketing and Facebook advertising. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like paying like maybe $10, $12 an hour. And it's just like, yeah. Between that and the online business management and just, like, social media and copy editing and squeeze pages and all this random stuff, I was making somewhat of enough money to barely scrape by. And then it was just, like, kind of hope and hope that there would be enough money for rent, hope there would be enough money to eat. And there was, like, multiple points where it's, like, do I want to pay for the the L or the train or do I want to pay for food or laundry? I think your story inspiring a book about it <laughs> but um but in closing um ash do you want to make any recommendation or a oh, suggestion that's, not even, to someone that's, not even the that's not even the end of the story <laughs> it gets better folks <laughs> and the crazy thing is though jazz it's like 
a part of me always looks at all the part of me looks at all this and like I'm really crazy because it's like a lot of this I put myself into it yeah like I I made my own like I made my own struggle I made my own adversity happen (laughs) and it's just like I don't know why I guess I needed to experience it yeah well because and I truly think that's the whole point in life you have to you have to let loose the disbelief and the and the fear and surrender to life on its own to be able to navigate and find out what works for you and what doesn't. You're going to face some type of obstacle. You're going to face some type of bullshit from people. You're going to face bullshit people. Yeah. And that's just the whole point. The whole point is to And then it's also it's also like like I said at the very top of this like trust the feeling you get because yeah. Also, like, no one would look at me, and it's like, I'm very well aware. I'm a white girl. I'm a white woman. Like, I have the quote-unquote white privilege, and I'm not, like, blind to it, but it's also, like, Mm -hmm. you never know someone's struggle behind the scenes. Like, if I'm, like, and I remember this, because I would go to Starbucks to, like, use their Wi-Fi and, like, get free water, and I would go there and, like, hustle or do my, like, projects, like, do my web design or my Facebook advertising and all this stuff that I was doing at the time. I'd go hack their, I'd go use their free Wi-Fi and get free water. And if I had a couple dollars, like maybe get like a croissant or something to eat. And it's like, I would go there and I had like a couple outfits. I looked presentable and like, no one would ever know like, oh, she's going to go back and she's going to sleep on the, like on a cardboard box. Yep. Exactly. She's she's not going to know what she's going to eat for dinner and she's not going to know how she's going to pay her rent. But on the outside, like. Oh, she's a white woman, and she's um, she couldn't possibly be facing struggle like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, which is why I always say, you know, it always goes back to that old saying: "Don't judge a book by its cover." You know, yeah, go so judgmental because you just and go never know. deeper, like go deeper than the "How are you?" And like yeah. that goes back to everything we were saying at the beginning of it: like delve deeper into someone that you might possibly want to work with, or delve deeper into someone's story because it's not always. What it's not what you see is what you get. It's not the WYSIWYG that is a part of HTML. It's not what you see is what you get. So never, never ever pass judgment on anyone because you really don't know. Absolutely. And always see how the dynamic between the coach, the potential coach you're looking at, and yourself. You know, are they open to your ideas? How adaptable can they be? Are they rigid? You know, do they have your best interests in mind? And that's really what it comes down to. So be realistic about your goals. Uh, carefully select who you got on your side and and definitely check in with your budget. You don't want to make yourself broke. Yeah, even though now I'm like, I think I'm treating myself too well. Because it's like when, you, when you're in that scenario where you're like literally counting pennies, it's like now I'm like, now I think I'm like frivolous. And I'm like, I should be more cautious. Do I really need this mattress? Yeah, but I think spirituality in a sense makes you very cautious and almost live a minimalistic life because it's like, need this shit i mean can you yeah because i'm like oh i slept on the floor for like four years why do i have a mattress now yeah yeah but that's i just think that's a heightened uh spirituality lifestyle you know when you're at that point where you realize you know you don't really need necessarily a lot you know to thrive (laughs) so to speak and i also remember that was part of the journey too when i was at that starbucks using their free wi-fi i remember the lowest point was when i actually applied for food stamps and i got rejected Oh, wow. But don't feel bad. I got rejected, too, one time at one point. 
<laughs> because it was like they saw that I was making that little minimum wage from that like that four hour hours of like email marketing and Facebook ads and they're like oh you earn like ten dollars an hour and you're working like part-time like 20 hours a week or what have you and they're like that means you don't classify for food stamps yeah, it's, it's ridiculous I don't even know what the fuck criteria they got but uh but yes it's it's vicious out there <laughs> and I remember I'd steal the uh I had this other conversation with my other friend it was like we were talking about how you'd steal like ketchup packets from McDonald's because oh, you couldn't you couldn't afford the real bottle <laughs> I, so on like, some level I, I think uh, I still do that too like if I have an, an excess or it's just given to me like not necessarily take it but if they just excessively give it to me I'm, I'm keeping those things because I'm putting it right back in the box toilet, toilet paper uh, napkins like all that stuff that you can steal or take from <laughs> different spots for sure and that's the beauty I think of, of living a very I want to say a lightful life because it's like we need to do we need to do a two part. Yeah, we do. We need to we need to stop this and do another one because we're gonna keep flowing. Because there's so much more I want to say. Oh yeah, absolutely. We can. We could definitely do that. All right, folks. Well, check us out on the next episode. Uh, in closing, uh, make sure to follow us on all our social media platforms. We got Instagram. We got Facebook. We got Twitter. Uh, definitely check us out. Hit us up on there. Tell us what you liked about this episode. We're really curious. You know, give us some feedback. Feedback is good. Yeah, because I just, I just feel like I just went and like took over the whole episode. No, that's okay. <laughs> Ass talks. <laughs> Ass got that good insight. <laughs> Don't front, you know. I guess I do. All right. We'll catch you guys. This is Jazz. And this is Ash. All right. Signing out. Peace.